This is a HeadGum Original. That wasn't good. That it wasn't was perfect. Good. It was amazing. Lauren and I, ooh baby, we are so excited to share that our newcomer season six finale will be a live stream event. We finally figured out what it was and we're celebrating our journey through Gotham City on Thursday, March 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Join us and very special guests, Taryn Killam and Bobby Moynihan for a fun and unforgettable Batman-themed improv show you won't want to miss. Get your tickets now at moment.co slash newcomers. That's moment.co slash newcomers. And it'll be available for seven days following the live stream. So if you can't watch it live, get your tickets anyway and watch it on your own time. We'll see you there. Yeah. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I'm Nicole Byer. I'm Lauren Lapkus. Oh boy, we're in the second season of, of our podcast and we're working our way through the Lord of the Rings franchise for the very first time without nerd super fans and sometimes people who uh, contributed to the franchise. This is our 18th episode mm, yeah, yeah, of yeah. 20. And I do feel like... You know, we've really put in the work. We've we've watched the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings, obviously, and Hobbit yes. trilogies. We've seen the Tolkien biopic, which no one should watch. No. We've watched the animation trilogy, which is, you know, very long. And then we watched yeah. the fan film, which was made by a fan. Which was and so it was crazy actually pretty it just, good. It was good, but in a way that I was like, this is more, you know, hobbits and fairies that I've never cared about. We then watched a video game mm-hmm. and discussed it in depth. Then we've also written our own fan fiction. We've seen lots mm-hmm. of memes. And I think maybe our favorite episode was the uh, last week when we played our first ever Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah. Yeah, we were b- really very surprised it. by how much fun we had. But after surviving all of that, this week we are going to investigate some Lord of the Rings fan theories and deeper lore to really put our Lord of the Rings mastery to the test, which is something that we've been just dying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this morning I woke up and I was like, I hope I can put my Lord of the Rings uh, knowledge to the test. I hope. <laughs> so, of oh course, boy. we're going to have spoilers because yes. we there's, you know, shut up if you care about that. <laughs> and do we want to recap a little bit about our D&D experience? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, people kept saying it was like improv. It definitely was like improv. Yeah. At first, I was it was a little strange to be like, okay, well, I've described what my character is, and now I'm going to talk as her. Yeah. But then I enjoyed it. I really liked it. And me then too. somebody sent me a picture of Naomi Campbell in like 
kind of like a rugged, I guess it elven outfit. And I was like, yeah, why wasn't Naomi Campbell in one of these movies? She's very beautiful. Oh my God. She would fit in so well. Right? She didn't have to say much. No, I, um, yeah, I was really surprised by how it worked. I didn't really understand what Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. I can't even say it. I didn't understand what it was. And it was really fun. And I actually thought, and I've seen a lot of people tweeted us that we need to do that for the next season. And mm-hmm. it has crossed my mind. I, I mean, look, I think no matter what we do, we have to, we have to make it 10 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to agree with you, Lauren, because 20 is too many. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I think, but I think if we did Dungeons and Dragons, I could handle that for 10 episodes. And but I think that would be really funny. Here's the thing. Do you think hmm. the magic would wear off because we would have to continue doing it? I, maybe. But I also think if we had really funny people doing it, it would be fun. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, we still have other ideas. If if we do a third season, we have. Some I really other- would like to watch Tyler Perry movies. I sent you a video. <laughs> I need, I need to. I need to watch these movies, but I must be paid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I so, feel the same way. But also, I might just watch them on my own. The clip I sent yeah. you was Janet Jackson's husband. She found out he was gay, and she mm-hmm. was like. You married a woman, but you bend over for a man. And he was like, I don't bend over. And she's like, he bends over for you. It's just. <laughs> I know. I loved it. What movie was that from? I have no idea. It They're all so the good. same. It's like a woman getting ruined by a man. I just love that. You know what Ugh. I watched recently, which is not Tyler Perry, but um, a wom- just a woman scorned, but figuring out her life, st- how Stella got her groove back. I had never seen that movie. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it's, it's like really great funny movie. and uh-huh. it's sad and Whoopi Goldberg's in it, which I didn't know. And mm-hmm. it's like great. Yeah. So like for a very long time, black people used to get like three good movies a year. And then Tyler Perry moved in and then Hollywood <laughs> went, oh, he's got it covered. So now we just get shitty fucking Tyler Perry movies. And you know what? I would do one if he, you know, <laughs> if he's offering. I, but, you know, it's a lot of it's a quantity over quality, if you will. There's just a lot. There's a lot. I mean, he has many TV shows and things, too, that I think shoot very quickly. And yeah, he'll shoot like a full season of television in like eight days. Yeah. You'll have one scene, the next scene, her wigs on backwards. And you're like, <laughs> nobody was looking at the monitor. See, I want to watch that. <laughs> Well, (laughs) jumping back into our LOTR, um, we're very excited for our guest today, Jake Hurwitz. Jake is a comedian, writer, actor, and member of the comedy duo Jake and Amir, of course. And he's the co-founder of HeadGum, the very podcast network that Newcomers Mm -hmm. is on, where he also co-hosts the podcast If I Were You and Not Another D&D Podcast. So welcome, Jake. Hey, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to set you <laughs> well, guys it on was, this journey. It was a bit intense to be like, you know, doing our usual complaining at the top with you mm-hmm. watching since like you. No, it's yeah, good that partly. I heard it. Ten episodes. <laughs> ten episodes sounds about right. Whatever you guys want to do, you pick the next thing. I got I got the I got Lord of the Rings in and I I owe you guys. We owe you there's guys. There's just big. it I don't think there's enough. Like Star Wars has so many and then Disney Plus was like yeah. Well, if you want to circle back, we got you covered with the content. Yeah. But there isn't enough Lord of the Rings content. And the difference, too, is like Star Wars, like it starts off fine. You guys didn't like the early Star Star Wars necessarily. Then there's a dip, but then it gets better. 
Lord yeah. of the Rings really starts off good, and then it mm. then it's all downhill from there. It was yeah. It yeah. was a, it was destined to fail. Um, but but sorry. it's been but it's been interesting, and I also feel like the benefit of it is that no one can say we didn't explore it deep mm-hmm. enough. You've seen like, way more Lord of the Rings than I have, and I'm a big fan. Like, <laughs> see, that's not fair. I w- yeah, no, I would never, <laughs> never do what you guys have done. But at the same time, you wouldn't time, sit down and watch the video game. I oh, I I played the video game. I was oh, a big okay. video game fan, but I don't okay. think I have ever seen the Desolation of Smog. I've ne- I I couldn't get through the Hobbit. Oh movies. wow! I gave oh up. wow! Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's also a difference too with playing a video game and watching a video game, mm-hmm. which. We, um, you know, just watching a video game is very weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was Not very, fun. very strange. Yeah. But I, I guess was... people do it because that had like millions and millions of views. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think watching video games is super popular. But also yeah. like as much as you guys hated Lord of the Rings, it, it's all been worth it for Darkwind and Samwise to come to life in the last episode. <laughs> I, I honestly, would follow those two to the end of the world. That was really fun. So you obviously play D&D. That's right. Yeah. So is your podcast, I want to hear about your podcast. I don't really know about it. Mm -hmm. So I've never, I was like a big Lord of the Rings fan growing up and I've never played D&D before. So this, this not another D&D podcast is, is me playing D&D for the first time with three people that love playing D&D and they're like Mm -hmm. super experienced. So I, I learned to play D&D over the last two years. Um, Wow. Yeah. So I, I walked like in, us. didn't know what to do. It was the first episode of my podcast sounds a lot like you guys, like just discovering for the first time, oh, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I think that's a really fun thing about um, D&D that I just didn't, I, I felt like there would be more like mm-hmm. specifics about how you can play in it. Like that you. I liked that we could just literally say anything. And mm-hmm. yeah. I think Brennan was such an amazing um, dungeon master because he was so gung-ho for everything. Yes, and so just excited. And yeah. he'd be like, good choice. And I was like, it was? Yeah, like, yeah it was just fun. <laughs> Brennan is amazing. And like his like voice recall, the fact that he could just like play a character by the gate and like make a voice and then remember that voice at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, that's wild. It, it was very wild. good. Wait, who's your character in D anD D? I played uh, I played a human raised by dwarves. Uh, his name was Hard One Surefoot. Okay, um, he was just a, a big, tall, bearded guy with really thick uh, calves and quads. Uh, <laughs> I think D anD D is just like you get to be a guy that you wish you were, and I have like foot pain, so my guy just had oh. fucking awesome feet. You know, wait, what happened to your feet? I broke my heel. <laughs> I can't believe I Ow. talk about my I talk about my hurt foot all the time on my podcast. I can't mm. believe I'm coming on yours and talking about my hurt <laughs> foot so early. Uh, I broke my heel in like 2013, and it never it never really got better. But it's looking. How did you now. break it? Uh, I was rock climbing, and I didn't I didn't fall, and I but I I jumped really in a dumb way. So, Ow. Do yeah. you think now you could like rehabilitate it? Because I've got a great orthopedic surgeon and a referral to a very good physical therapist. Yeah, I would love to rehab this foot. I yeah, okay. definitely. I'll give it a shot. All right. I'll could you get you like a? Would you ever get like a sort of replacement heel? Is that a thing? Yeah, is that I a- would. Yeah, I don't. That has not come up, but I did look into it one time. I thought that like I had squished all the like fat pad out of my heel, and I thought mm-hmm. you could do like a collagen injection in it or something. Ooh. Um, 
But no, that I guess that's not a thing. And I didn't do that. Mm. Did you have I, surgery on your heel? Yeah, this is another part of the saga, which is really like my heel never, ever got better. But then I was hiking and I slipped and I hurt my other foot, my left no. foot. Oh, no. And then my left foot hurt forever and my heel kind of stopped hurting. Um, but then I got <laughs> surgery on my left foot. So my heel is starting to hurt again. It's like one of my feet oh, just dang. needs to be hurt all the time. How long did it but take? But not hard one sure foots. He's, he's the man. <laughs> Wait, how long after your surgery did it take? Could you like not walk? I'm just going through it with my ankle. And I'm like, how long? Oh my so how long, I, how long did yes. it take? Um, okay, so well, unfortunately it, for me, it's been seven years, but uh, I'm sure yeah. for you. Not uh, a good story. Mm, yeah, the, no. Well, the difference is I was really stupid. So when I broke my heel, I I went online to like a rock climber forum, like an oh, idiot. No. And I was like, I typed in my symptoms and and- I was like, do I have a broken heel? And one of the comments was like, if you have a broken heel, you'll know. So I was just like, well, I, I'm looking, <laughs> oh, so I don't. No. And I just walked on my broken heel for six months. So by the time I went, they like, you know, it, it, it didn't, it, it, the bone could never like completely fuse back in the right way. So, you, so you're interesting. getting your treatment done like early. Oh, so dang. I think that's, but the, I feel that's like the key. It's not uncommon for people to ignore something but I yeah. like I had plantar fasciitis when I was like in my early 20s and it hurt so bad, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. And I remember being on like a, a vacation and I was like, I couldn't walk. Like it hurt so fucking bad. But I just like was like, this is just what it is. Mm-hmm. Like my feet yeah. really hurt. And then I eventually went to physical therapy and it was really great and it's all fine. But I I did that a long time. That is the weird. Like, meanwhile, if anyone you loved like had that problem with their feet, like go to a doctor today. But yeah. when it's happening to you, you're just like, no, 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 it's fine. It'll be all right. Yeah. It's gonna go away. Well, okay. <laughs> we can get back to your feet in a little bit, but Please, how did yeah, you? Yeah, maybe become- after the break. <laughs> <laughs> how did you become a Lord of the Rings fan to begin with? Um, I think. It coincided a little bit like with me being in high school and like smoking weed for the first time. Like we didn't have anything to do. A friend of mine was over. We I think we got high and watched The Fellowship. And uh, See, for we, me, that was a disaster in high school because we did that and then I fell asleep within one minute. Yeah, I was just mm. about to say, that would put me right to sleep. I'd be like, hmm, I'm a little stony, put on a boring movie and go right to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe I was just always going to like it, no matter if I saw it, like when I first smoked weed or not. I I guess I just, I fell in love with it, though. But that would make it really good if you were into it and you were high and you're mm-hmm. a teenager. Yeah. When weed teenage really boy, gets you high. the best. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't hit me the same way anymore. <laughs> no. now I'm just doing like the edibles for my foot pain, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> Dang. Got it back to the feet. Yeah. Sometimes I like to get rip roaring high <laughs> and drive my car and just tee <laughs> alone. Nicole, it's there's a, a sign. There's a sign um, in L.A. that's like, drive. Like, this is a sign that you shouldn't be driving high or something. Mm-hmm. And I saw it yesterday and I said to Mike, like, if I saw that while I was high, I think I would feel bad. <laughs> I've seen it while I was high and I giggle. It's on Melrose. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm fine. I'm just having a nice yeah. time alone. Yeah. It sounds great, honestly. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> Gillestone, go for a drive. What's your favorite part of Lord of the Rings, Jake? Ooh, great question. Thanks for asking. I think mm-hmm. it's it's changed a lot. I, when I was younger, I was like, I just thought Legolas was cool. I like a sharpshooter. That's my that is my mm-hmm. shit. Um, I thought he was like handsome. I thought he was like, and he's a cool acrobat. 
But as mm-hmm. I've gotten older, I've just like, I've gotten more boring and I just like the maps. I think the maps are oh, super cool. Wow. I love geography. A lot of people love the maps, actually. I don't know this what has it come is. Up, um, and someone um, who my husband was working with listens to the podcast and he has like elaborate maps of the lands mm-hmm. and he... Um, they they're at his office and during COVID he hasn't been able to see them. He might be listening to this now. Wow. <laughs> well, I hope he, gets, uh, he needs to get in his car and get his maps. But it's everyone nice loves maps. the maps. Yeah. I mean, I think they satisfy some like weird wanderlust part of my brain. Like even just like looking at a far off land and imagining it. I like, I like thinking about it. Yeah. And do you typically have an interest in maps? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I love. Oh, yeah. I I'm a big map guy. I think. Wait, great. really? Are you doing a bit? Do you know where everything is? <laughs> yeah. No, I really do. Yes, I do. I wow. I've been, I think I've been to. I've been to 49 of the 50 states. Like I've taken okay. six cross country trips. I really like. I I like. Um, I guess I don't even know if I like geography. I like traveling a lot. But like, what is it called? Cart cartography. 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 I do. I have like. I spend I a dumb close. amount of money on like weird cartographic. Um, maps cartographer. I do you wish think I knew you how to pronounce could, the word. <laughs> do you think you could um, fill in the blanks on like a blank American map? Ugh, wow. It's oh, so fucking uh, hard. I could never. Yes, I think I could. I think I. Do you think, think you could, could draw a map of America that wouldn't look yeah. horrible? I think it wouldn't look horrible. It wouldn't be right, but it wouldn't look that bad. Like yeah. Kentucky and Missouri might be a little fucked, but I think I generally have a sense of at least all the outer ones. I have ones. no idea right now where Kentucky or Missouri is on the I, map. I struggle in my head as well with this. I was like, wait, Missouri would be, I don't know. I was doing shows in Oklahoma once. It was like some festival. And I was like, are we in the Midwest? And they were like, no. And I was like, then where is Oklahoma? They don't consider it the Midwest. And I was like, it, I think it is. Is it just the South? It's yeah, maybe, maybe it's just it the is South. the South. I don't know. I mean, People are like all Texas. screaming at the same time. They're like pretty angry with me. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't know where Oklahoma is. It's not, they have other shit to work on. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. But I think people don't like it when you're somewhere and you don't know where it is. And they're from there. And they're like, yeah. It's like, it feels like really rude, but it's, but I it's was like, not. They should know their flyover <laughs> states. Like, you know. The states in the middle aren't destination. No one's coming from Sweden to go to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I've had confusion over the years about like where exactly Manhattan is compared to like everything right around it because it's it's a weird it's a it's weird con- island. It's just weird. Yeah. yeah, it's off like the coast of New York proper. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I miss so, hey, New York. Me too. I miss going anywhere. <laughs> I, that's, but I'm we New can't York go right anywhere. Now. You One are in twenty. Wait, you're in. You are in New you York. You moved, yeah. right? I did. Yeah. I, are you I so missed, happy? I miss New York. Yeah, I'm very. I mean, it kind of sucks to be anywhere now, but yeah, New mm-hmm. York's New York's definitely solid. Um, I've been taking like big bike rides around the city, so oh, that's, that's nice. nice. That's well, nice. LA is not doing well. One in 20 Los Angeles people have COVID. Also, I just learned that people be dying on planes from COVID. <laughs> the airlines aren't I doing contact this. tracing. What a Isn't way to that go. Nuts? That sucks. I saw that, that. And I think that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Like people are dying from it and then they don't even tell everyone. Yes. I don't even know. And what then the, the airline's response is like, well, we're doing the honor system. That's how we didn't know that the people had COVID because they told us they didn't have it. Well, that's and not how you I, should do it. You should do no. rapid testing. Yeah. It's so nuts. I feel insane. Should we do the Shire Wire? Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing that'll cure that's this what I came insanity. Here for. 
So, okay. all right. So could a new Dungeons and Dragon movie repeat the magic of the Lord of the Rings? In the intervening decades since the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings trilogy, there's been no viable successor in the swords and sorcery genre, despite continued interest in token-esque fiction, as exemplified by the success of video game sagas such as Legend of Zelda, World of Warcraft, as well as George R.R. Martin's a song of ice and fire novels and accompanying Game of Thrones TV shows. But this week reports emerge that, ooh, Chris Pine is in talks. He's, was he in Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Or is he in? He's Captain Kirk, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. He's in talks to star in a new film adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, a role-playing game that was once uh, frowned upon by Tolkien Eastas, Token Eastas. Tolkienista is a fashionista. Like a Maxinista. It's a Maxinista. I'm a Tolkienista. I get all my Tolkien fashions at a discount. (laughs) If Pine does sign on the dotted line, it sounds as if the studio Paramount is serious about bringing uh, Gary. What's this last name? Guy Gax? Oh, Guy Gax. Yeah. Oh, wow. I got uh, that right. I cannot believe that. He created DD? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I sort of thought it just existed. So did I. I guess I just never thought someone created it. Yeah. Do you know about Gary Gygax? I I wish I'm going to, my ads are going to be fucking destroyed. Uh, He was a guy. He was a guy. And I think you made D&D up. There you go. Okay, cool. That's what he did. Yeah. Fans of the genre, family, blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to read it? (laughs) The shadow wire glitched out. The, uh, she just got, you know, she got bored. I'll, I'll take it. A succession of terrible fantasy efforts from Aragon to Duncan Jones's Warcraft have left fans of the genre flailing in the swamps of despair over the past 20 years. Even ja- blah, blah, blah. Oh, fuck. Even See? Jackson's. No, I'm kidding. It says that. It's, it's, that's what it says. Even Jackson struggled to repeat his own trick with The Hobbit and misguided attempt to film Tolkien's fleet-footed and folksy fable as a Lord of the Rings-style epic trilogy. Against this background, this article says the chances of Dungeons & Dragons emerging as the gilded successor to Lord of the Rings that we all hope it can be seem about as likely as rolling a single number on a 20-sided die. Whoa. Oh, my God. Well, Jake, do you agree that there has been a lack of good content since Jackson's trilogy? And what would you want out of the D&D movie? Wow. All right. So I have two opinions. The first one is that this this like snippet bakes in uh, Game of Thrones in there, which was like hugely successful, mm-hmm. widely celebrated. The fans got <laughs> definitely like something's happened since uh, Lord of the Rings. It was Game of Thrones. And I think Game of Thrones kind of like yeah. proved that there's viability in in dragons and swords and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, I also watched the first two Dungeons and Dragons movies. Um and they're very, 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 very bad. So well, I okay. feel like a movie, a script would take away from the magic yeah. of I get to choose my own adventure in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I feel like you'd want to at least have it be a choose your own adventure movie where you like, you know, watch it on a computer and click options or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they kind of they could like do that now on Netflix or something. Right. True. Where you could yeah. just like I don't, there is like an, uh, this like magic to rolling the dice where you like you can want to do something, but you actually have to like, you have to like take a bet and you take a risk to roll the dice, which you can't, you can't recreate that in just watching a a character do it on television or a movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I liked that about the game that like, it's, there's some control and like, 
you you can make it up, but you can't just do whatever. But you mm-hmm. kind of can. I thought yeah, you can do whatever, but then like the dice will affect how well the outcome of what you want to do. Yeah, is. right. Yeah. You can say whatever you want to do, and then the dice will actually let you know if mm-hmm. you do it or how well. And I guess like there's also something about D&D that is just like it's inherently light and funny and silly and you're goofing around. And that never, ever happens when in like the D&D movies, it's always like way it's over dramatized. There's like a ton mm-hmm. of gravitas. And I don't know if it can be recreated, but Chris Pine's kind of charming. He's pretty funny. He's funny and he's a real hottie. Are there any hotties in the first two D&D movies? No, it's like that dude that was in he was in Step by Step. He was like. One of the kids' Which friends one? that always had like the chunky sweater. Oh yeah, and he also you know was on Full House. About? Yeah, he was on Full yes. House too as Nelson. Yes, I think, um, yes, I think so. He was DJ's boyfriend for a little bit. Wait, um, what? I and he he was like kind of a '90s staple as like a guest star, recurring guest star. Right. That's um, so exactly he's right. in D and D. So he he's like he's like cute in a '90s way. Like oh, he's okay. It was him and Marlon Wayans in the first D&D movie. <laughs> what? That's so random. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that this was a thing. I'm so curious about this. Like, yeah, that, and but they're not good. The first one's, I think the first one's pretty bad. Like, I think Jeremy Irons might even be in it. Like, it should have been. Oh, so they tried to make it fun. Yeah. But then, like then the second one is, the second one's real bad. The second one is really, really bad. <laughs> oh, what is that guy's name? Nelson from Full House? Yeah. Nelson Burkhardt? Oh, wait, it wasn't oh, no, Nelson. This guy. <laughs> Nelson. Nelson. Oh, my God. Wow, Nelson. Oh, my God. That's not who it was, though. No, but it, Okay, so who was it? It wasn't. No, not Jason Marsden. James Marsden? Jason. Oh, Jason. Whoa, that's two different people? Oh, no, that is who that is. No, Are Nelson is Jason. No, Nelson is Jason Marsden. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. okay. But wait, um, this is Oh, really Justin weird. Whalen. Justin Whalen. That's who it was. Okay, okay. But. Hal Sparks played Jason Marsden on the on Fuller House. He played the grown-up version of Nelson Burkhardt. Where oh. was Nelson? Why didn't he play himself? Yeah, where's Nelson? I gotta know more busy. about that. He didn't want to do it for some oh. reason. Oh my god, I'm so fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you say it was? The real person? Oh, Justin Whalen, I think is his name. I just have to see. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, okay. He's cute. Do you recognize this guy? He's kind of cute. Oh, he has the same birthday as me. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that's me. That's very meaningful. <laughs> I don't know. He okay. He was in Child's Play. I. Was I don't, he not we, in, we have to prove that he was on step? step by Step. But I really thought he was in Step by Step. I did amazing work guy. to piece together who I thought you were talking about, and I feel like that yeah. just needs to go with some notice no, on it. This Marsden guy could have been in the movie for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like this guy was on that, but he was in a lot of stuff like National Lampoon's Dorm Days too. Oh my god! Wow, I'm very. Uh, I love to go down people's IMDb holes. Um, <laughs> last night I was watching To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Uh, a perfect Wong. movie. It's so good. But I haven't seen it since I was a kid. And which guy is it? There's Jeremy London and Jason London or something. There's twin in real. Mm-hmm. There, there's one actor in the movie. He is an identical twin, and they're both actors. Yeah, I think that's Jason. Yeah, and one of them was in Dazed and Confused, and one of them was in Mallrats, and they're both mm-hmm. successful. It's like, how do how do you have a, a twin? Well, one and is in crazy. Different... 
Oh, is that true? I don't he know. He currently, that. he said he got kidnapped, but then like maybe he didn't get kidnapped. Jeez. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to fake kidnapping is a really bold move. Mm-hmm. Well, because like, how could you lie about a kidnapping? There's going to be a lot of people who corroborate that you were not kidnapped. So many questions would just poke holes in it so fast. Mm -hmm. As soon as you say you've been kidnapped, someone is like, I want to know everything. Tell me <laughs> all about that. And you really have to be, you got to be buttoned up. You've got to have a full story. Mm -hmm. Did you um, ever read or see the movie Room? Yes. Um, no. It's the one with Brie Larson where she's kept mm -hmm. in a room, but it's oh, wait. based on a true story. Yeah. I did. I did see that movie. So a lot of times I think about this is just dark, I guess, but like how many weird little shacks there are in the country that something <laughs> weird. <laughs> it is like upsetting to think about. Like, it's mm. just like you could just be living next door to somebody and something like that could be happening. And mm -hmm. that's just really scary. Whenever yeah. I watch HGTV and like someone is going in like a house that was like, you know, auctioned or whatever. And they go in, they're like, ew, it's stinky. And there's like dirty stuff everywhere. I'm like, yeah. Cause like probably like people were like not okay in there. <laughs> some really bad stuff happened <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> like you gotta do some serious work to make this not have bad yeah. energy. Yeah. Burn sage. Oh my, oh my God. I, uh, it's, it's, it's all, there's just probably so, I mean, I, this is not at all the topic of the show, but there's so many homes that are just full of trash mm -hmm. and just smell horrible and the people inside are despondent and and it's just so sad and there's nothing you can do <laughs> <laughs> do you ever watch hoarders they, they yes sometimes yes. fix those houses up they, a little bit that, well come, come back is, there in five years dude yeah it's it's not, hoarders is so sad because i'm like there's something mentally going on that like they're barely touching on. You can't fix it in right. a weekend. You're not, yeah. yeah. You're, you can't like Marie Kondo that no, away. Yeah. No. And it's probably very painful to be getting rid of that stuff. And there's yeah. cameras and your whole family's there. There was one hoarders where this man was hoarding big old dildos and he was like, get out. They're like, what? He's like, get out. <laughs> and she's like, what is this? Okay. It's that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. They never, I've never seen one where the people have something interesting like that. It's usually mm -hmm. just like newspapers and like old cans. Yeah. No, just like he had <laughs> lots of, lots of dildos. That's cool. Well, speaking of dildos, <laughs> we are going to talk about a character whose name kind of sounds like dildo, but we'll get there in just a little bit. I think we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and get into Tom Bomba dildo a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had about, I don't know, 10 subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was actually paying for 15 subscriptions each month. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. So thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones that I forgot about. Cringe. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can see my spending habits, and plus it'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 
All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Isn't that amazing? Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com newcomers. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ooh, and we're back. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about fan theories. Now, mm-hmm. this is someone named Vulcan Death Grips theory about the eagle plot hole, okay? Oh, One yes, heavily yes, debated yes. plot hole in The Lord of the Rings has been, if the eagles can carry humans, why doesn't Gandalf just ask them to fly Frodo to Mount Doom to destroy the One Ring? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, according to Reddit user Vulcan Death Grip, that was exactly Gandalf's plan all along. Okay, so we have a little article here that explains this a bit. This genius theory completely redefines the way you'll see Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Okay, so they kind of break down. Why didn't he do that? Why didn't he say it like that? And then (laughs) toward the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring, the wizard Gandalf the Grey reports to Chief Wizard Saruman the White with his concerns about the evil Sauron's rising power. Saruman, who secretly has been corrupted by the power of Sauron's one ring, imprisons Gandalf, and the eagles save Gandalf from his prison, giving him an idea for how to rid the world of the source of Sauron's power, the one ring, once and for all. Eagles. Eagles are the idea. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Vulcan Death Grip suggests that before going to Rivendell to meet with Elrond and the hobbits, Gandalf approached the eagles in the Misty Mountains... Um, as illustrated on this map here, where he planned with them to fly Frodo to Mount Doom to destroy the ring. And when the Fellowship of the Ring first forms, Gandalf conceals from them his designs with the eagles so that in the event of the Fellowship's capture, the details of his plan can't be extracted from them by torture. Gandalf intends to tell them about it once they reach the other side of the mountains. Gandalf does keep a lot of secrets. That's like that track so far. He's a secretive guy. Mm-hmm. It's something that makes him pretty attractive, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty sexy. Yeah. A man who doesn't have loose lips. Yep, he's he's got dildos in the closet for sure. <laughs> he, he's got tight lips, dildos, and he's got lots. To, he's got lots going on in his brain. There are four passes the Fellowship can take through the mountains, as Vulcan Death Grip shows on this map. And the high pass, despite being the quickest route, would be watched by enemies, so Gandalf can't use it. Gandalf instead chooses the Redhorn Pass as it won't be watched by orcs or goblins. Unfortunately, Saruman blocks the Fellowship's way with a blizzard and they're forced to turn back and go even farther south. Right. Gandalf leads the Fellowship through the mines of Moria despite the presence of orcs and a Balrog and he intends to let the Fellowship know about his full plan as soon as they reach the other side. But unfortunately, he never makes it through the mines. He falls into a chasm while fighting the Balrog, taking his true plans with him. And as he's about to fall, he realizes he must tell the Fellowship to go to the Eagles while also not revealing the plan to attack the orcs, to the attacking orcs. So to get his message across to his allies, he simply tells them, fly, you fools. Unfortunately, (laughs) the rest of the Fellowship is too traumatized to understand the true meaning of the message. So they head south. And when Gandalf is resurrected later as Gandalf the White, he has lost the memories of his plan. He doesn't recall the plan until he sends the Eagles to save Frodo and Sam from the exploding Mount Doom. By then, the ring has been destroyed successfully anyway, and the world is saved. But, like, why couldn't Gandhi just, like, get on an eagle with 
Frodo and drop the ring off. This doesn't yeah. answer the question. This is just explaining the plot being like, eventually he was going to get to Eagles. Vulcan's yeah. death grips theory like falls apart at the end when he just says like Gandalf comes back and doesn't remember his plan. Totally. Right? Like, he just goes, <laughs> and then he what actually had amnesia. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. He's putting I a could, lot on Gandalf, I think. It is. It's like that fall really took it out of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't we don't know so. that. I feel like he was really I, strong. This also assumes that it was a good idea to use the eagles in the first place, which I don't think that it necessarily was, right? Like... Well, I thought the Eagles couldn't really get involved because they were neutral. The Eagles are. Yeah, I think that was what we came to understand was that like they don't work for one person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like it's a huge difference to be like, go pick my friend up. Like the the volcano isn't dangerous anymore. He's waiting for a ride. Then it is to be like, you have to like fly this guy to the volcano Mm -hmm. where the where the. I is guarding it. Like it's a way more dangerous mission. An eagle's not going to be like, okay, you know? I agree. I feel like the eagles wouldn't really want to do that shit. I don't know. They're not interested. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, this is in response to the previous theory, the YouTube channel, the film theorist created a video about how you shouldn't fly to Mordor in the first place. So uh, you can click on, we're going to, we're going to click on this. And then if you want to follow along, you can find the link in the video in our show notes. And then we're watching from the seven minute mark. And three, two, one, play. So the first thing to know is that in Tolkien's lore, most of the stuff in Middle Earth was created by three gods. Manwe, Yavanna, and Aule. Yes, Middle Earth has gods. Gods that, let's be honest, were probably a bit pissed that in three Hobbit movies, scraping the absolute bottom of the barrel for any content to fill their excessive runtimes, they still didn't make the cut. Anyway, in the beginning. <laughs> Yavanna created all the plants, trees, forests, and animals. Aule comes in and makes the dwarves. Yavanna, worried that the dwarves would literally just mow down the forests to make stuff, creates the ends to protect the trees. Manwe, feeling a bit left out, sees the stuff the other two are creating and goes, aw, sweet, would you help me make some eagles? Like, big ones. Big eagles. And boom! Yavanna and Manwe made the eagles. And thus, the eagles came into existence. The end. Now, why would you care about any of this stuff? Well, it shows us that the eagles go super far back in the history of this world. And in general, the older stuff is in Middle-earth, the more powerful it is. Except for the dwarves. Sorry, Gimli. But that means in the hierarchy of Middle-earth, eagles rank way up there. The this has four million Amor, views? <laughs> Directly below them are the demigods, or Maiar. This tier has some familiar faces. Sauron, Saruman, and Gandalf. And the eagles are just slightly below them. In fact, Tolkien himself was a bit wishy-washy on this point, saying that, hey, the eagles are pretty much unofficially Maiar. But anyway, suffice it to say they rank above all the other races. So why does any of this matter? Well, hmm. canonically, and this Great is a question. point that the movies don't really do a <laughs> good job of explaining, the ring of power works proportionally proportionally to the power of the holder. You ever wonder why a hobbit was really the safest choice to be ring bearer? Or why this all-powerful ring that everyone is so scared of only manages to turn people invisible? It's because hobbits are a really low-power race in this world, and because of that, the ring of power is the least dangerous in their hands. The one ring can only really use what's in the wearer, which isn't that much when it's being carried by a hobbit. Now, contrast that to the giant eagles who are practically demigods and who, according to Tolkien himself, have a wingspan of 30 fathoms. 
putting them at half the size of a football field. Those They're are too big. big. During the War of <laughs> That's Rath, huge. which was a huge war before the Lord of the Rings series happened, they were able to kill a dragon that was so enormous that when he crash landed, he collapsed three giant active volcanoes. These eagles are massive, Tight. powerful, and they're <laughs> immortals who are more powerful than all the other races on Middle Earth. Oh yeah, and they can also canonically see through walls. The eagles are more than just mere birds. They are no joke, and they definitely don't need their power amped up by the One Ring. If you give the eagles an opportunity to carry the One Ring, you're looking at potentially the most powerful dark lords in the entire series. If they can manage to the ring on their talons, that is. If you think about it, this is the same reason why the ring has to stay out of everyone else's hands. This is why Gandalf never directly touches the ring and tries to keep it out of his sight as much as possible. But I feel like that's talking Frodo down that to Frodo. Him, it would... yeah, yeah, this is not, not fair to Frodo. Nice. It's terrible to imagine. Because Gandalf is a Maiar demigod. The classic Galadriel freakout scene is her basically predicting <laughs> her own power amped up on the ring, which is again why so many people are required to protect the darn thing. Hey! Hey, Boromir, my eyes are up here. Bo hey. Also notice when the eagles do come into play to rescue Sam and Frodo from Mount Doom as it collapses, when the Ring of Power is no longer around. As soon as it's destroyed and out of the running, then it's safe to bring the eagles in because they're no longer going to be tempted. No one's at risk. And that's exactly when Gandalf calls for their help again. But there's more to this plan being stupid than just raw power. Sauron literally doesn't comprehend the possibility that anyone with the Ring would want to destroy it. And he doesn't discover this plan until mere moments before the Ring is tossed oh. in the heat of Mount Doom. He can't defend himself if he doesn't know what he's defending against. That's why it's imperative that the Fellowship remain a secret from everyone. And the Eagles? Remember, they are the size of Boeing 747s up there. Trying to conduct a stealth mission with a giant eagle to drop the ring into the pits of Mount Doom would be like trying to sneak into a Jamba Juice with a fighter jet. Or, you know what? Maybe we should just believe Tolkien himself. In a letter from June 1958 where he criticizes oh an unofficial Lord of the Rings film treatment sent to him, going so far as to say it's murdered his story. Wow. Yeah, that's harsh. Back. <laughs> Tolkien directly comments on the script's overuse of the eagles. Quote, the eagles are a dangerous machine. I've used them sparingly. He's talking about the band. That is the absolute <laughs> of their credibility. End quote. Using the eagles to solve all your problems just doesn't make for a good story. And that's ultimately what we as an audience are here for. And Tolkien, being the incredible writer that he is, knew just that. But hey, that's just a theory. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, YouTube is so intense. Jesus it Christ. Really that guy is. had a cold. Oh my God. Imagine having that kind of time on your hands. I feel like the way YouTube has become like with editing where like everything has to be like, blah, blah, blah. like it's like you can't like just yeah. give information. You have to like have like some weird thing pop in and go, blah, 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 blah. like it's like you have to like have like constant distractions. Yeah. The voiceover was intense. It was. But I do feel like um, it's interesting about Frodo. But is that true or is that just his theory? I I mean, I'll say that that theory absolutely destroyed the the Gandalf forgot to tell them about mm -hmm. the eagle plan <laughs> yeah. theory. Like yeah. that one just there was a lot of different reasons why the eagles were were a bad choice. Mm -hmm. I feel like saying but like maybe I'm harping on the wrong part, but like I feel like saying that like Frodo doesn't have power because he's a hobbit and that's why he could have the ring. Like, can't it just be that like he's a really interesting perspective? Like, yeah. I feel like sometimes people look for things where you don't really need to find something like mm -hmm. he can just be like an interesting, wholesome character. And right. that's like, why not we like caring him. about the power of the of the ring isn't like a weakness that Frodo right. has. It's a strength, but then really. also 
uh, fucking Gollum was, wasn't he a hobbit? Yeah. And then he couldn't handle it. So Frodo yeah. is the chosen one. Yeah. Yeah. Frodo yeah, that's because he's weak. It's because he's chosen. Yeah. Let's make a TikTok. Strong Frodo theory. <laughs> One thing you guys don't get is that Frodo actually was really strong and that his power came from his desire not to be evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, next is a theory on Gollum's identity. So this next theory was featured in a video posted by the YouTube channel Looper. It suggests that Gollum is not simply the dark side of Smeagol's personality, but rather a separate entity that has always existed within the ring and can, uh-oh, this word looks hard, imbue and take, <laughs> and take over any ring holder with its identity. So if you want to follow along, there's a link to this video in the show notes. And we're starting from one minute and 24 seconds. Ready? Ready. Three, and two, one. Smeagol is one of the most pitiful characters from the Lord of the Rings, and oh. in a way, one of the most lovable too. Anyone with a heart should be able to feel for the poor wretch as he struggles with his centuries-long obsession with a powerful force beyond his own comprehension. Then, of course, there's Gollum, the other side of his split personality in the films. Gollum basically represents all the bad stuff. He's hateful, violent, and willing to stop at nothing to get hold of his precious ring. While most people generally accept that these two characters make up a kind of multiple personality disorder on Smeagol's part, one fan theory suggests a wholly different take. Rather than simply writing off Gollum as Smeagol's evil side, this theory goes out on a limb and claims that Gollum is a legitimate personality all its own that stems from within the One Ring itself. This theory rests on the fact that when Bilbo has possession of the ring, he acts very similarly to Smeagol's Gollum personality. Towards the end of the story, Frodo begins to act this way too. In short, anyone tempted by the ring, and not just Smeagol, can exhibit snippets of this identity, and upon giving into the ring's dominance, would themselves be completely consumed by it. It would have happened to Bilbo, it almost happened to Frodo, and it'd probably happen to you too. Wow. Okay. Okay. And it would probably happen to you too. <laughs> it probably would. It probably yeah, would. I would honestly. instantly become Gollum as soon as I had the ring. Mm-hmm. All we my hair think falls Gollum out. is so disgusting. He is nasty, he's trash, he's not for me. Yeah. No, I'm not a Gollum fan either. When I watch like uh, Return of the King, I fast forward the Sam and Frodo and Gollum parts now. Wow. Oh, wow. Heavy. Yeah. So so that thing was just saying Gollum wasn't it, it, because he wasn't the only thing that that would ever happen to. Anybody could become Gollum. Yes. And that's it. Right. And he's I saying mean, that Gollum, that like the ring itself is, that like Gollum is inside the ring and it can mm -hmm. a, attach it, like it'll be part of you if you pick up the ring. I mean, that feels true. It feels like that's something they show a lot in the movies that like it immediately makes people like disturbing mm -hmm. and it just right. kind of manifests in different ways. But um, cool. I guess I agree. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. We agree. Now we're going to talk about Tom Bombadil, which is a character that came up actually on our first episode, I think, with or at least when we had yeah, Gabe with Gabe or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a very elusive and heavily debated character in the franchise. He makes a brief appearance in the books and takes part in a couple very old Tolkien poems. Now we're going to dedicate some time in this episode to this enigmatic character, learn a bit about his origins, and indulge a bit in his mystique. Now let's start with some quotes from The Fellowship of the Ring. Eldest, that's what I am. Tom remembers the first raindrop and the first acorn. 
He knew the dark under the stars when it was fearless before the Dark Lord came from outside. I would never read that book. Old Tom Bombadildo is a merry fellow. Bright blue his jacket is, and his boots are yellow. Ew! None have ever caught him yet, for Tom, he is the master. His songs are stronger songs, and his feet are faster. Here's a quote. He is. <laughs> Very mysterious. I read the books. I read the books. I have no recollection of this. This See, is really a, few pe- a few people brought up Tom Bombadil as being mm-hmm. someone they, like, care about from the books. What? Like, yeah, yeah, Gabrus loves Tom Bombadillo, and you can't even what? remember him. I don't know. No, so, I glossed over Bombadil. I know nothing of him. This is this is bizarre to me. As early as 1934, there are poems depicting Bombadil as an extremely old and merry fellow living in a small valley close to the Withawindel River, where he wanders and explores nature at his leisure. Several of the valley's mysterious residents attempt to capture Bombadil for their own ends, but quail at the power of Tom's voice, which defeats their enchantments and commands them to return to their natural existence. Throughout the poem, Bombadil is unconcerned by the attempts to capture him and brushes them off with the power in his words. And here is some more background. Bombadil, Bombadilly is best known for his appearance in the books. In the first volume, The Fellowship of the Rings, Frodo Baggins and company meet Bombadil, Tom Bombadil, is it Bombadil? Who cares? I'm going to say what? (laughs) I want to say Bombadillo, Bombadildo, that's what I'll say. Yeah. In the old forest, Bombadildo is mentioned but not seen near the end of Return of the King with Gandhi planning to pay him a long visit. If there's not like a sex toy that's a Tom Bombadildo, they are really What are we doing? Out. What are they doing? He was one of Tolkien's earliest literary creations. So Tolkien's biographer, Humphrey Carpenter, says that Tom was inspired by a Dutch doll that belonged to the professor's eldest son, Michael. This doll was said to have looked very splendid. It had a real feather in its hat. But Michael's brother, John, did not like it, and one day he decided to stuff it down the lavatory. The doll was rescued Mm. and survived to become one of the heroes of the spontaneous stories that were told to the children at bedtime. These predate the writing of Lord of the Rings. Tom Bombadildo was, however, part of the Lord of the Rings from the earliest drafts. Uh, real quick, this reminded me, this said dolls. So we talked about American Girl dolls in a prior episode. Yeah, I sent right. my sister a vintage Molly doll. <gasps> yes, did she get it? And she got it. There was oh no card in it. So she texted me. She was like, Nicole, someone has my address and I'm really scared. And she, <laughs> she sent me a picture of this doll. And I was like, oh yeah, if someone just sent me a doll from my childhood with no information, I would be scared too. So I just wrote LOL. And then she called me and she was like, who has my address? And then I was like, I have to call you later. And I finally was like, it was me. I'm so sorry. Why did you let her not think it was you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Cause somebody sent something to my house and I just told her about it. Like uh, somebody found my address and their child wrote me a letter, but I no, that's so inappropriate. Well, I wrote them back and told them it was inappropriate. I was, you wrote the child I, back or the person? No, I wrote their parents back. And I was like, this is insane that you thought it was appropriate to do this. Mm. Uh, and I sent them their letter back and I told them I didn't want it. And I hope that their child learns more in Zoom school than they did from them. Uh, Whoa. But- <laughs> wow, good for you. <laughs> well, it's just rude. It's like, why would you ever? Well, it's so scary. It is scary. And then also it's like, I, you know, I don't know. I have an Instagram. Like you truly interact with me. On, like there's that's the place. Yeah. Do it there. Oh, my Not God. My yeah. House. Yeah, don't send me things. And then someone sent 
a picture of me to my old address. And they're like, can you autograph this and send it back to me? And I was like, you want me to do work? Anyway, mm. Peter Jackson stated that the Lord of the, the Rings. Post office. <laughs> this is not okay. Yeah, isn't that fun? Uh, Peter Jackson stated that the reason that the character was omitted from the Lord of the Rings film trilogy was because he thought uh, Bombadildo does little to advance the story. It would make the film unnecessarily long. Well, you Peter, <laughs> your movie's over three God hours. forbid this film is long. I'd really hate for it to be too long. I didn't know that was his concern. <laughs> um, so a couple of theories about Tom. Now, one is that Tom Bombadil is, in fact, a representation of Tolkien. He is eldest because he existed before the books. He saw the first raindrops because he wrote it. He is immune to the powers of the ring, yet seems to have enough power to save the world all by himself. Yet he does not because he wrote it all down, knows what's going to happen and chooses not to interfere for the sake of the readers. Tolkien, however, has stated that there is no embodiment of him in his works. Okay, so it's not a theory if he's saying it's not. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll trust uh, J.R.R. actually over uh, <laughs> yeah. over the fan theory. <laughs> well, there is another theory that Tom Bombadildo is a representative of the reader themselves. Supporting evidence for this includes his ability to make the ring appear and disappear at will, the reader's opening and closing of the book, his ability to see Frodo even when he's wearing the ring. Frodo is still described in the book while wearing the ring and uh, therefore is still visible to readers. Just like Tom, the ring has no power over the reader despite its evil nature. Yeah. All you right. know, sometimes I think people write things and it is what it is. He's just a character Token, in the story. He's so lucky that he's dead and like not around for the fan. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> he would fucking hate Reddit. Can you imagine this poor guy? Mm -hmm. And like when you are somebody who is writing a huge fantasy world where there's tons of characters and you kind of just throw one in there. Like, there's no more. Like, it's just like, he's yeah. just a guy. Mm -hmm. like, here's I a silly like guy. He lives in the forest. He has a feather in his hat. And they're like, wait, is that you, J.R.R.? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's sorry. actually us, the reader. It's like, just, uh, it's a Never guy. mind. Tom's not, yeah. in the, Tom's not in the book anymore. If there Let's was the internet, you would just be like, I'm going to cut Tom. Yeah, we're cutting Tom just to stop the conversation. Fuck it, the eagles are small too. <laughs> this is the opposite of Harry Potter, where like I think I like enjoyed Harry Potter and I was like, whatever. And now JK is like, Dumbledore's gay. And it's like, who cares? <laughs> I Nobody know. Asked. Like, don't don't do who that. Cares? Just, just yeah. let the story. She's like, how come no one's analyzing my books? And it's like, I don't know, bitch. <laughs> well, she needs to stop talking about many things. Um <laughs> But okay, so here's another thing. World War I inspired Lord of the Rings, which we do know, but many have suggested that the Lord of the Rings is an allegory for World War I with Tolkien's own grandson making a compelling case in an article he wrote for BBC. Imagine being related to Tolkien and being like, I got to write stuff about this and like care about this. <laughs> Evil in Middle-earth is, is above all industrialized. Sauron's orcs are brutalized workers. <laughs> Saruman has a mind of metal and wheels. And the desolate moonscapes of Mordor and Isengard are eerily reminiscent of the No Man's Land of 1916. The companionship between Frodo and Sam echoes the deep bonds between the British soldiers forged in the face of overwhelming adversity. They all share the, the quality of courage, which is valued above all other virtues in Lord of the Rings. And then, when the war is over... Frodo shares the fate of so many veterans who remain scarred by invisible wounds when they return home, pale shadows of the people that they once were. There is a sense, too, that the world has been fundamentally changed by Sauron, even though he has been defeated. Innocence and magic are disappearing from Middle-earth as the elves leave, departing into the West. 
and I think that my grandfather must have felt the same about Europe in the aftermath of the Great War. How terrible it mm. must have been to fight the war to end all wars, only to have to send your sons to fight in another t war 20 years later. Though it's likely that the war greatly affected Tolkien's worldview and therefore share some similarities to his writing, he was loath to create allegories and illusions, saying of the Lord of the Rings, as for any inner meaning or message it has in the intention of the author, none. It is fucking fuck up grandson is just like I have to write yeah. something otherwise <laughs> I'm gonna get cut out of the estate okay he literally said it has no point it is neither allegorical nor topical I cordially dislike allegory in all its manifestations and have done so since I grew old and wary enough to detect its presence I much prefer history true or feigned with all its varied applicability to the thought and experience of readers I truly, this is like crazy. He literally says, I don't even like mm -hmm. allegory. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm not interested in it. So like, for everyone out there going like, but it actually is World War One. You know, it's like, he said no. Yeah, whatever you say, Bombadil. Okay, okay. You love allegory. This is so funny. Even in the biopic, they tried to really show the war as being the inspiration for the stories. And mm -hmm. he, and like, that's not even true. He sure, said yeah, like, no. And I mean, even if you are, so if you're an artist, like of course you're going to be influenced by your experiences and that's going to be in your work in some way, like whether it's conscious or not. But like, if you're saying that's not the point and I didn't mm -hmm. really intend that, it, it doesn't matter if it's there. So like the bond forged by, like the bond of brotherhood forged by war. That's any war. That's not necessarily yeah. World War One. Right. That could have been literally anything. Just battle or something mm -hmm. you know yes and just because he did go to war doesn't mean that that was the whole point of all of it it's like it's all made up there's a wizard just let the guy write a fantasy story yeah he's a wizard he's escaping <laughs> maybe it's because adults are like the story about wizards and elves has to mean more than just a story about wizards and elves that right. i like yeah because otherwise, I like wizards, and I really shouldn't just be a guy that likes wizards, right? I, I like wizards and reality. The war. Yeah. That's, that is weird. Really, I like submarines, okay? There are eagles in this story. That's so funny. It's so funny that his grandchildren are spending their time, mm -hmm. like, like, time like writing these pieces. Interpreting their grandfather's work, especially when he was like, it's not this. So, like... If anything, the grandkids should just be like, actually, my grandfather said it's not. So and that's, that's cool. my job. Like, that'd be my so job cool is to just be like, like telling you guys what he said. But then if they yeah. didn't do this, people might expect other things from them. Like, where's your <laughs> yeah. book? And it's like, oh, I don't have one, but I do have this theory about grandpa. You know? <laughs> but I did. Yeah. I read the uh, <laughs> the Cimmerillion manuscript, actually. And now I know. <laughs> it would be so nice, though, to be his grandkid and just be able to go, no, he said it wasn't that. And then, like, I don't have to spend my life talking about that. I just mm -hmm. know yeah. that it's not that. And the end, I can do, yeah. you know, whatever else. It's not else. an allegory. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going water skiing now. <laughs> I have, I'm so rich. Bye. I wonder how much money that estate oh has. Oh my God. They must be so rich, right? Really? So much money. They have oh to have God. so much money. Oh my God. That would be so interesting to be rich in that way from like your grandparent writing mm -hmm. a series. Yeah. I'm going to try to marry a Tolkien. I have to, yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. yeah. I wonder if there's any young Tolkiens to marry. Are I'm there Googling. any eligible Tolkien? Young Tolkien's. <laughs> How about the fact that Harry and Meghan now have podcasts? Wait, what? what? Oh my God, yes. Really? Royalty doing podcasts. What That's network is it on? Insane. They made their own, I think. 
This shouldn't be allowed. Podcasts aren't for royalty or or (laughs) for the very rich and famous. If they do a goddamn Helix ad, I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. Actually, actually, uh, Paul Russ tweeted a really funny joke like, I'm a princess and I couldn't feel the pee under my Casper mattress. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. So good. Oh. I just can't believe it. But then Matt Rogers tweeted today. I don't, I don't know if their podcast came out already or if this was a joke, but he said they're very charming together. and We can all just hang it up and go home. This. Damn. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, stop it. We don't. Stop it. If you have or like, everything. Let me live in Buckingham Palace. Like, I'll yeah. wait. They can. I, I fucking host five podcasts. They could do two of them <laughs> and I'll be a prince. This should be a movie. It's like the podcast switch and you're like the podcast prince and you trade places with Harry and he hosts everything on HeadGum and you go and live in Buckingham Palace and have like a whole life with the queen. I'll give him my fucking Slack login. He can go on. He can do everything. Isn't that like kind of minus the podcast that Vanessa Hudgens Christmas movie? The princess switch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have to watch the second one. I have plans to watch it. I haven't watched the second one either. I got to do it. Yeah, it's it's time though. It's almost Christmas, so now mm-hmm. it's the perfect time to do it. I feel like December has been very long. I mm. agree, right? This, but this year yeah. was one minute. Yeah, <laughs> it was so wild because like March was very long, December's been pretty long, but the year has been short. Yeah, it's like yeah, I feel like I blinked and it's almost over, but it's lasting forever at the same mm-hmm. time. I don't know how it's how it's possible. Yeah, time's it's weird. Really horrible, I think. <laughs> well, uh, on a positive note, we're at the end. Uh, Jake, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you know, you could go to headgum.com, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's new uh, podcast <laughs> network. If there's there's a bunch of podcasts on there. I'm not on most of them. So if you liked me, you could find me. And if you didn't, there's other ones where I'm not on. So you can do that. <laughs> nice. Lauren. Shall we do oh why plugs? Yes. Um I have my Patreon, patreon.com slash Lauren Lapkiss. I'm doing improv and watch alongs to movies and all sorts of things on there. And um also I think that's it. (laughs) 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 Oh, I have I have three down my podcast with Scott Ackerman and Paul Tompkins where we talk about um, stories from our lives and we play a game at the end of every episode and it's a different game every time and you can submit a game for us to play. And um, that's free wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. What do I want to plug? Um, Wipeout coming to TBS sometime in 2021. Um, Also, I have a a Patreon where me and Marcy Jaro talk about 90 Day Fiance. It is the funniest show on television. Oh my God, the new season. Oh my God. The new season is so bananas. I love it so much. The family Chantel just had their series season finale. It was incredible. It was beautiful. I loved it. Um, also, my other podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? Best Friends, Drag Her. Too many. I, I talk too, many too much. So many we podcasts. We all can't stop. I think this is a group of people who need to have at least 10 podcasts at once <laughs> or we go crazy. <laughs> or I die. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, great. Well, the Battle of the Five Stars segment is the segment where we read your five-star reviews. You can leave a review on your favorite podcast platform for a chance to have it read on air. You can talk, you can write your own fan fiction. You can, mm-hmm. you can make your own D&D character and tell us about it. Who cares? Yes. Um, but this is, this, this review is titled, I'd Not Care What They Talk About. 
Um, I think it was supposed to be I don't care. By LDBA24. <laughs> I'm like, I not care what they talk about. <laughs> Just speed through your review. Write it really fast. We'll read it with typos. <laughs> it says, I will listen to Lauren and Nicole discuss traditional Roth IRAs and tax law. It does not matter. Mm. I love them. I love them so, so much. Well, thank you, It's a great idea for season 24. three, actually. Thank yeah, you. I mean, we just do 20 episodes IRAs on taxes. are very important, and nobody <laughs> tells you about you know, uh, like a traditional Roth IRA and just an IRA, it's supposed to equal out. One takes your taxes out before you put it in. One takes it uh, after you've put it in when you take the money out. And nobody explained you need both of them to, you know, cancel out the taxes. Genuinely did not know this. Remember when I had that lady come to my house and she taught us about money? I had like a bunch of women over and we learned about how to do like IRAs and stuff. And I Mm -hmm. think I cried. Um, <laughs> it was really emotional. <laughs> it's really emotional. It's like very private. It is to talk about, because like, nobody money. tells us how to do it, especially yeah. women. But it was and really it was cool. Just nice. If I think if you're out there and you're like, I don't get how this works, like really look into that because I'm sure there are. There's probably YouTube channels mm-hmm. of people explaining oh, yeah. this shit, and it made it feel so much more approachable. Yes. and I felt way less scared. Um, and it's so important to know how to like what your money's doing and what's going mm-hmm. on. And it's just such a weird mystery. It is. So that's my Definitely. lesson for the end of the year while you go into the new year and you want to start fresh with something. Is there anything you guys are trying to work on in this uh, New Year's or is it kind of just like, fuck it, let's just get done with this? Mm, I think the thing I'm going to try to work on is not stretching myself too thin. Mm-hmm. And that like, because like <laughs> with my ankle, I feel like I'm lying to people when I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm too tired. I don't think I can do that because it it takes mm. a lot to like yeah. work, hobble around and then like record a podcast or whatever. Uh, so I'm trying to be like, you're not lying when you're like, I'm yeah. tired. It's okay to be tired and have that be, or just not give someone a reason. Just be like, I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm do, are you on the knee scooter? Do they give you the scooter? I bought a scooter. Um, so I'm on crutches and a little scoot scoot. But mm-hmm. I need to get like a cushion for it because my it's hurting my knee at this point. Yeah, I did. I I like put a blanket over my knee scooter when I had one. How it's... long were you not walking? <laughs> um, it was, I think six six or seven weeks, maybe. Oh, okay. But I I timed mine really bad. I had a knee scooter in London and Iceland. Like, it, <gasps> oh no, it couldn't have gone worse for me. It was so dumb. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. This, I mean, this is great timing for me. It's the holidays. Nothing's really happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hopefully I'll be all healed up. Lauren, don't fall down. I really don't, don't want to fall down. <laughs> I really do don't it. want to. Don't do it. It's not fun. I think that's the main goal for this period. <laughs> <laughs> New Year's resolution, not, don't fall down. <laughs> my goal is to not breathe near anyone, touch anything outside mm-hmm. of my home. And... um still have fun, you know? Um, I think, (laughs) I think my goal, I think you're right. I like really like your thing of not stretching yourself too thin. I have a tendency to do that too. And like, I'm just, and it's always like, wait, why? Like Mm -hmm. it never feels like you never understand why it's happening when it's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, my goal, I think, um, honestly, I can't even, I don't even know if I can see things that way right now. And I don't, I'm not depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm no, actually I fine. fully feel you. It's weird to be like, to look ahead and be like, well, is it going to be any different in a couple months? But I did buy a planner and I can't wait to write my goals in it. So I got this planner and they sent me the wrong one. They sent me this woman, Jennifer Long's planner. So it had flowers and it said Jennifer Long. Like and a person my- <laughs> personalized it? Yes. And mine is personalized that says, 
I love dick big and small and a picture of Patrick Swayze on the back. Oh so my God. Oh my sent God. that to somebody else so someone and I'm dying. <laughs> That's the funniest. Yeah. And then Holy I thought shit. about it. You got it such was... a like perfectly fine mistake. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they got a leopard print. I'll show it to you. So it's, a, it's like purple leopard print. It says, I love dick big and small. Wow. And then Patrick Swayze's on the back. They I love like, that planner. Thank you. It's very big, but I like that spiral and paper, like mm-hmm. not hard. That's yeah, cool. I'm very excited to like open it up, use it, write my hopes and dreams in it. I think that's great. I usually make like a vision board and I it just feels like maybe I should. Maybe that would be a maybe that would make me feel something good. Yeah, make a right vision now. board. I think that might be good. Yeah, I, I think, think we need just idea. like I I know me personally like need to do some things to like make me feel like life is okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause like I usually do that like every year yeah. and like, it's a fun thing. And like, it didn't even cross my mind, but it, it's partly cause I can't even wrap my head around the fact that it's December. Like I feel confused about mm-hmm. time and I'm like, I'm just not doing all my typical things. Like where I'm like, I gotta write my resolutions, mm-hmm. make my plans, you mm-hmm. know, Jake, do you have any goals? Oh man. No, I think I, I know I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not depressed either, but I think that I'm being okay. I definitely, I've always had like this instinct to like try to see the silver lining or like get through and like, what's the positive spin on this? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. How is this thing that sucks actually good for me? Um, and I think I'm just like trying to like have, be a little more even keel and just be like, it's okay if you like wake up and you like, don't feel like do any th- doing anything or yeah. if you like mm-hmm. are low energy today, you don't need to fight through it and break through it every single time. Sometimes you could just be like, Today's a little bit of a wash. I'm going to mm-hmm. take it easy and we'll see yeah. what tomorrow is like. So I think I'm going to try to just slow down. That's it. I like nice. it. We're all just trying to be like easier on ourselves. This is great. Yeah. I'm excited for That's us. good. That's a good thing. Yeah. I think a lot of times my goals are really like do more, be more active, do it, talk more, <laughs> talk to everyone. Like, I was like... <laughs> It'd be cool to not. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I'm gonna like my goals are gonna be like put everything off till August. That'll be the plan. <laughs> we'll just see you then. As long as you know, I'll I'll wait till the vaccines like really heavily um, spread out, and then mm-hmm. I feel like that's when I'll really start caring about you know working it a lot. Uh-huh. I agree. We got time. We got nothing yeah. but time. We yeah. have so much fucking time. Well, well I mean, we have time and we have two more episodes of yes. Lord of the Rings newcomers and we'll be back next week for our penultimate episode of the season. Mm-hmm. What could there possibly be left to experience in this franchise? Well, there's yes. plenty more. We got, we got we got at least two hours worth. Two more hours shit, worth so. of more content. And we'll, we'll see you then, everyone, and hope you're doing well and make your goals to do less. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> was a HeadGum original.